0: Now it's my pleasure to introduce Tim Cantrell and his wife Michelle, who you saw over there in the chapel. I think he's still eating, so I'll, I'll take a long time. I'll, I'll make this introduction long, Tim. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we can be extra casual in here today because it's just family, really. (laughs) Of course, we're all family, but, um, No, we're very thankful to have Tim and Michelle here. You know, they're in South Africa, and um, they're starting a new church. He's been involved in a couple of different things, and pretty soon they're even going to start a training center there. The Lord is just really blessing them, and I've been blessed to hear his presentation already, and um, it's so encouraging, and we're just so thankful and excited about the Lord glorifying himself there. So I guess I won't tell all your good news.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Oh, every time Michelle and I are here, we come away from uh, lunch with Kevin and Jill, or first time we get to see them after a few years, and we say, the perfect missionary pastor's wife. And uh, she's so sweet. This is going to be the third time now she's seen our video and heard our <laughs> stories. But if we can do it 30 times, she can do it three times, right? <laughs> And uh, I'm honored to have my mother-in-law here, and uh, she paid me nicely to introduce her. <laughs> Most of you probably know, Mary Somerville has uh, written a book uh, for Ministry Wives. If you haven't got it, my wife got to help her uh, edit and uh, fill up lots more illustrations of uh, uh, living with a high-maintenance husband. And um, so uh, it's called Wine with a Shepherd, and uh um uh, I'm a high-maintenance husband. My father-in-law is over with our kids, uh, our five kids, looking after them. So he's the servant uh, a husband. And so uh, that's the backstory behind the book. Uh, One with the shepherd, The Tears and Triumphs of a Ministry Marriage. So if you don't know that book from my mother-in-law, I strongly recommend it. And we uh are really excited to share with you just a little highlight. First of all, uh, thanks to... uh Still want to say Justin? That's <laughs> how <laughs> day to day I'm, but I know it's Dave. Uh, thanks to Dave's help, <laughs> I'm like that's like two years ago, huh? But um. So uh, we've been blessed and honored to serve Christ there for the last 17 years, uh, having been trained up at Masters College and Seminary. And uh, Michelle and I met there on the uh, little fun story there that uh, she won't tell because it makes me look so bad. So I'll tell it. Um, and uh, by the way, my mother-in-law's prayers have a lot to do with that too, uh, behind the scenes. But we met on the first week. I was a lonely Texas boy, didn't really know a soul. And uh, she was this beautiful, godly California girl. And five years later, I came to my senses. Uh, also thanks to Grace Church and the pastors here that uh, knocked some sense into me, a uh, typical indecisive male. And uh, the Lord is very gracious in bringing us together with a very much a common passion for missions. We went on a short-term trip through Grace Church to Ethiopia. Uh, um, at once, and uh, our paths had crossed, and I'd gotten to know her and her family, and uh, uh, the Lord brought us together in His perfect way and perfect timing, and uh, that was in 97. She taught here at Grace Church. I was just telling a Master Seminary guy over there that those used to be school buildings and uh, classrooms, and he's obviously a new guy here. So he said, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, we do classrooms here all the time. I said, no, this actually used to be a school. In fact, right here, my wife taught fourth grade. He was like, wow. You must be old. <laughs> so, um, Sal, remembered Sal remembered us. Yes, right. I saw him just a minute ago. So it's wonderful to see some familiar faces and to meet new faces, because I know, and we hope you'll be encouraged by the impact of this church beyond, as Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, uh, beyond what we could ever ask or think. What a joy to hear MacArthur himself, Pastor John, pray that for me and for our church two weeks ago in the Sunday morning elders prayer time. Uh, and often you'll hear him praying that for the men that are sent out and the churches and the mission, the ministries that flow out of this church, that the Lord would do above and beyond what we could ask or think. And that's surely been our story. Even this video, as Michelle and I sat and watched it uh, with the help of a young man, in our church uh who helps us prepare it we instead of editing we found ourselves weeping just with joy and uh, as we said in the main session if you were down there and michelle mentioned this is kind of your grandkids so enjoy a little seven minute glimpse of the family album and the spiritual grandkids you haven't met many of whom you'll may only meet in heaven but the fruit of your ministry uh and through us and what the lord's doing at antioch bible church so thanks dave Well, I trust you're encouraged at some spiritual grandkids and some fruits, and we pray that indeed that's fruit that will last as the Lord Jesus chose us and appointed us to go and bear fruit that will last as we abide in Him. That's the passage I ended on uh, our last Sunday in, on the 30th of November before we began our trip back here to visit the states for a few weeks. We're going through John's gospel on Sunday mornings. So kind of neat timing. Uh, we stopped in John 15, verse 17, the very next verse after Jesus saying, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, fruit that will re- remain. And that you will, if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. So I know that's so much. A- the heartbeat of Mindset for Missions and the legacy of uh, Mrs. Michaelson and Jill and many here is to get you praying. And we thank you for that. And I, I know that only eternity will reveal uh, a million times uh, longer and better than this little video has done. The fruit of your praying, holding the ropes, as William Carey said, as we go down into the, the pit and on the front lines the ministry. So we thank you on behalf of Michelle and our family, uh, our five children. You saw a picture there. I trust you all should be able to get a prayer card. Uh, If there aren't enough at your table, please pop by our table. Afterwards, we've got plenty others and covet your ongoing prayers for us and our family. Michelle's going to share a little bit more in a minute and you feel free to ask any questions that you have. But I wanted you to turn for a minute to Acts chapter 11. And you might wonder why is our church named Antioch and... Here's the answer from Acts chapter 11. We have perhaps the best church in the Bible. If you want to know what God's doing in the world and what missions is all about and how the gospel best advances, it's not going to happen through weak churches as we see all over the world today and as much of 20th century missions has been guilty of, planting mediocre, unhealthy, uh, uh, malnourished churches that uh, only uh, dishonor Christ and actually hinder the work of the gospel because then you've got to go back because you didn't do the job properly the first time. And we see that all over Africa. Uh, you probably heard the saying, Christianity is a mile wide, been an inch deep there. And uh, you can please pray for me. I'm getting to do a seminar on this next week, uh, an opportunity that's just arisen, uh, to uh, speak of the truth in life conference in a breakaway seminar. And I'm going to title it, The Best Way to Fulfill the Great Commission. Because there's a lot of confusion today about how do we really fulfill the Great Commission. Everything now gets called missions. Anything you do in Jesus' name, from tying your shoes to combing your hair, um, gets called missions. But that's not what we see in the book of Acts. Missions is very focused. It's very defined. And it's all about building strong churches, planting churches, and establishing those churches. And here's a, a glimpse of that. Next to the Jerusalem church in Johannesburg, the Antioch church is the most important church in all of history. You and I, oh, unless you're a Jewish believer here today... We as Gentiles all owe our existence to Antioch, don't we? This was the mother church of the West. This was the Jerusalem of the West. This was the home church of the Apostle Paul, right? This was the church that sent out Paul and Barnabas. This was the gateway to the ends of the earth. And in the story of Acts, once you get beyond the Spirit-empowered witness to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, then the gospel would go to the ends of the earth, right? And that all happened from the beachhead, the launch point of Antioch. And here's how it began, Acts 11 from verse 19. And what I want to just show you in a quick little overview that I think will encourage you in your missions, praying and thinking, is four steps to a flourishing church anywhere in the world. And and as the key to missions, uh, four steps to a flourishing church. First of all, we see that it has to be a church that is uh, uh, that is uh, planted by evangelism. Look how this church and any church and just like grace church uh, and any true church has to be birthed and, and planted in the spread of the gospel and in faithful Christian witness and winners of souls and those who have a burden for the lost and who are tireless in their efforts to uh, uh, to make converts and to evangelize and so we see that in the first couple of verses here Acts nineteen Acts eleven verse nineteen so then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch speaking the word to no one except the Jews alone. How's that for having a non-mindset for missions, right? That's called a mindset against missions. (laughs) But the Lord has a way of changing that, doesn't he? Verse 20. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, took an African and an Islander. (laughs) Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also. Oh, unthinkable. Preaching the Lord Jesus. That's our church's slogan and uh, label. On all our letterheads and, and on our church sign. Preaching the Lord Jesus. It's all about Him. And the hand of the Lord, verse 21, was with them. And a large number who believed turned to the Lord. A healthy church has to be planted by Evangelism. One of the baptisms you saw there of the young, tall, uh, handsome young man who got baptized, he is already a spiritual grandchild of a man who got converted two months earlier, who's the son of one of our deacons and kind of a, one of our founders of the church, a Greek South African gentleman who I got to baptize 10 years ago in Johannesburg. And we've been praying for his two kids, and it seems that both of them have been saved. Uh, they were both quite rebellious teenagers and uh, very much in the world, and the Lord saved him this year. And already he's led his girl, his sister's boyfriend to Christ, so uh, his sister can't get away. Boy, brother gets saved, boyfriend gets saved, parents have been evangelizing her for 10 years and they're 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 Greek South Africans so i mean it's passionate and it's you know <laughs> pleading and you know and uh and uh she i think has been saved too i think they're just wanting to make sure and i uh, think she's going to well she's already asking about baptism as well but uh what a joy to see antonio uh was one of the pictures that you saw there and Also, the two churches the Lord's allowed us to plant just in our six and a half uh, years as a church plant at Antioch. We were privileged. One of our elders, who has a huge heart for missions and has really been a a pillar in the church from the start, Andre, um, said when our church started, wouldn't it be great if we could plant a church before we had our own building? Well, the Lord allowed us to send out one of our own South African men to plant a church in another part of Johannesburg. It's a city of seven million, by the way. And right in the heart of the two major universities, historic uh, universities of Johannesburg and of the country. And uh, we were able to partner with two other churches in uh, the area and send these men out as a team. And that church is doing well. They now have their own building before we did. So now we're saying, okay, Lord, we weren't asking for that, you know. <laughs> um, our daughter has got a building before our building's even done. And now we've been able to plan a second church with the Peskets from Grace and from master seminary richard was british came over here met telda who's south african oh they were married they came here married uh he only has one wife he's not uh, um you have to clarify that in africa <laughs> but they were uh, very much the fruit of faith builders and uh, it's amazing how you showed this video in different places i showed it in grace life on sunday and when phil showed up everyone was like, and you show it in Faith Builders, and the, there's that one little clip with the Peskets and their church plant. And like, oh, oh. <laughs> so you, it's fun to just see the way. And I know many of you know the Browns. I'll come to that in a minute. But uh, there we, uh, they were here a long time, right? <laughs> So uh, the Peskets have been a great blessing uh, to us and great encouragement to Michelle and I. They stayed at our church and at one of our elders' home for uh, two, three months, and as we got to know them, and then send them out to this city, um, four hours to the east of us on the main thoroughfare to Mozambique and uh, a strategic city that's grown doubled or tripled in the last uh, ten years, Nelspruit, and so. Evangelism is in our heartbeat, and that's what we learned here, uh, because it's your heartbeat at Grace. Second thing, uh, a church has to be uh, a a flourishing church has to not only be planted by evangelism but also watered by encouragement. Look what happens in the next two or three verses here, from verse twenty-two. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Remember what his name means, Barnabas, son of encouragement, right? Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. More people are getting saved because of an encouraging man. These are the kind of people you want to be around. These are the kind of people that breathe life into a church, right, and keep a church going over the long haul. And we praise God for Barnabases, and that's kind of what the Browns have been to us. Thank you for sharing uh, Robin and Gigi and, and so many years here on staff and at Grace. And then uh, after their years in India, all the more seasoned and, and experienced in missions. And uh, But originally South Africans and coming home, and they've been a huge encouragement to us in the last year. And that's been an amazing answer from the Lord, and now he's my full-time associate. And his first day officially was the day... We got on the airplane, or the day after we got on the airplane as we flew here. So the Lord's timing was wonderful and perfect in that. I appreciate your ongoing prayers for the Browns as they get established there in our church and uh, um, in their ministries that they're involved in there, uh, Robin and Gigi Brown. So uh, a flourishing church anywhere in the world. And if the Great Commission is really going to be fulfilled, if the gospel is going to advance, you've got to have a church planted by evangelism, watered by encouragement. And number three, it's got to be rooted in teaching. Rooted in teaching. I know I don't need to tell you that, but just see how this happens in the first Antioch. Verse 25. And Barnabas left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. This is what our church was birthed out of, was a desire to take the Bible seriously, to take God's the authority and sufficiency of God's Word seriously. And we've seen the Lord honor that. We're excited, even through Robin now, starting next Saturday, a week from this Saturday. I'm jealous, I'm not going to be back yet, but... I don't need to be because Robin's there, and he is helping start an Antioch Academy where once a month for three hours we're going to gather all of our existing and future leaders, elders, deacons, and everyone, and really uh, get locked into a, a, a two-year focused plan for training our leaders and future elders through you know kind of a, a lay a lay seminary, a logos type of curriculum. And uh, Robin's been a huge help with that. And it's we know a, a church can't grow. If it doesn't have roots uh, deep in sound doctrine. And um, also in Madagascar, you've seen some highlights there. And if you haven't met my friends who are around Fally and Lily and their five little Malagasy kids with beautiful curly hair, um, uh, look out for them. They're in Cornerstone. He works for TMAI. And... Uh, 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 they uh, uh, were the fruit of, of uh, our ministry as well, by the grace of God. And through a valley, uh, uh, four years ago, a door opened in Madagascar for us to go over annually and train preachers in expository preaching for a whole denomination of some 90 churches across the whole island of Madagascar, 23 million people, fourth largest island in the world, and uh, uh, really, uh many ways, unreached. It's kind of like Africa 80 years ago. 50% of the island doesn't even claim the name of Jesus. There's still pagan animists, remote Villages because of the, um, poor infrastructure, and uh, very hard to even reach them. So um, Fali is here. He's really kind of the leader of that team. His sidekick, they're kind of the Sons of Thunder, we call them, is named Hadza, and he was up there. He's one of our interns, and he's doing Polakwani Christ Seminary Team AI School in South Africa, concurrent with Fali getting trained here, so that both of them in 2017 can return uh, <laughs> with a bang <laughs> to uh, uh, Antananarivo, the capital city. And uh, another man, Andu, was already trained as an intern. And he's a younger man, and he's already back there. And uh, I told the story last night about Andu as a Malagasy, who is an intern in our church because he's a, training at a TMAI school, and we partner with Poliquani and Christ Seminary and help mentor and train their men as much as we can and, and often. And Andu was talking to one of our Manash University students, which Michelle's going to share more about, and he was telling this guy you got to leave that prosperity false church, that word faith movement that you're a part of, because you're not just going to answer to the Lord. You're driving a bus full of 50 other kids to to hell as well. (laughs) You're going to answer for all those others that you have in the bus with you. So uh, Undo's got this great zeal. And in the meantime, we're seeing the Lord open up doors on this campus that Michelle's going to share about. And also teaching, it sure helps to have a, a roof over your heads, right? And so you saw our building, please pray for us as we seek to complete our building. Even yesterday, a wonderful gift came through uh, that we're going to kind of, and we're seeking to develop, you know, gather as many gifts as we can and, and even present it as a matching donation plan to our church to, to match that. Our people have raised a lot already, uh, and we're trusting the Lord for what's needed to finish that facility so that we have a place of our own, not just a hired school building, uh, and to be able to uh, uh, worship and meet and teach and train leaders and reach lost souls for many years to come. And then the last thing we see here is a, a flourishing church. is isn't just planted by evangelism, rooted in, uh, sorry, watered by encouragement, rooted in, in, in teaching. But forth it blossoms in generosity. Again, what you and Grace Church are so uh, renowned for. And look what happens here in verse 27. Now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world. And this took place in the rain. Of Claudius. And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. We see the profound generosity of this young church. And we praise God for the generosity of this church here at Grace, which continues to only increase. And we have been such recipients of that. And our church as well, we're so encouraged. I mentioned the church plants and Before the peskets came, for nine months, our elders, lay people, businessmen, like most of your husbands probably, on the weekend, exhausted. Um, And they traveled four hours one way, pretty much a 10-hour round trip, about four and a half hours, to preach there. And help get that church started until the peskets arrived. Every weekend, one of our elders or lay preachers was going out there. And uh, just uh, wonderful to see the Lord working in people's hearts like that. Our, our people have been picking up these Manash University students every Sunday for the first two years before we got a little taxi sort of bus system going, uh, organizing 30, 40 students to come to church, uh, getting a, a ride from your own people in the church. And, and uh, it's just wonderful to see our people really grow to love these African students as well. And... Um, even the funding to get this Madagascar ministry going over these years has come through our own people. The resolution conferences that we 've had with men like Phil Johnson, Steve Lawson, John Piper uh, and others Rick Holland uh, has been the generosity of our people to uh, hire large venues to, the, the conference began in two thousand and ten by booking out a uh, 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 the largest Conference venue, basically, in in one of the largest in Johannesburg, seats five thousand people, Uh, and uh, uh, just the willingness of our people to step out in faith and uh, those kind of costs and generosity has been a a, a great joy to see the Lord doing that in our church. So I want Michelle to come up now and share a few more highlights, and then uh, maybe uh, uh, any questions you have. I know we only have a few minutes left. She got stuck with a preacher husband.
2: I'll just carry on with um, some of the highlights of the Menashe uh, University ministry. Um, one of the African preachers that you saw in the video, Conrad Mbewe, when he was visiting South Africa, told us that um, South Africa is the sleeping giant. Why are we not reaching the rest of the continent with the gospel? And he said... You- the, the missing link is you're not reaching the university students who are the leaders of the next generation. You need to reach the university students. And we said, but we've been trying. We've been here for years. We, Tim keeps visiting the local universities. They're not interested. Um, they've got these student Christian clubs that are a big prosperity gospel show, and they're just interested in loud music and and dancing and falling down, and they don't want Bible teaching. What do we do? And So we just kept praying, and um, all of our university students were commuter students, and we kept saying, can't you get a group of your friends? And they're like, well, we don't really have friends on campus. We just commute. And <laughs> But eventually, just um, two years ago, um, a student from Conrad and Bayways Church came to Johannesburg to study, and he came and he visited our church. And then he disappeared for six months. And then he phoned him and he said, "Um, I've been in the wilderness. Would would you mind giving me a ride to church? And we're like, of course not. We would love to give you a ride to church. And he said, do you mind if I bring a few friends? And we said, no, that'd be great. So the first Sunday he brought eight friends. And the next Sunday he brought 15 (laughs) friends. And he'd been going to the Prosperity Gospel Church because there was a free bus. And he realized that, that he was shriveling up and dying spiritually. He needed God's Word. But meanwhile, he'd been preaching to his friends. And all of these young people started coming. And all of them are from bad churches or no churches. And it's been wonderful to see them getting saved and growing. Um, one of One of the young men that got saved, Carney... He preached to another young man named Nell who, um, was living in a commune with a bunch of people. And one of the young ladies there noticed that he was different and she was real sad one day. He asked her what was wrong. They were all in the kitchen <laughs> preparing food and she, she told him she was pregnant and she was saving up money for the abortion the next week. And, um, he opened up the Bible and showed her that she couldn't have an abortion. That, that would be murder. And, um, he was the only person who had given her that counsel. Everyone else had said, you know, you've got to, you've got to study, you've got to finish your, your goals. And so she, she didn't have an abortion. She started coming to church and taking the parenting class and, um, came to our house for a sleepover and I taught her how to study the Bible. And, um, so we just praise the Lord for that kind of fruit. Um, we've had other of the university students that have lived with us. Um, Wazi from Zambia. She's one of those people that you teach something and she just latches onto it and starts sharing with everybody she knows. And she was rescuing her other friends from prosperity, strange fire type churches. And um, now that she's gone back to Zambia, they're trying to start a Christian university there and she's been helping out there. And, um, it's, it's exciting to see, uh, the change in those lives. Um, as far as my normal everyday life, (laughs) I would love your prayers for parenting. It's spiritual warfare. Um, we're in a battle for the souls of our children and, um, especially when my husband is preaching or teaching or traveling, it seems like that's when the enemy attacks the most and the children are most tempted to be rebellious. And, um, we, we keep preaching the gospel to them and, um, cherishing it, God's forgiveness in our own lives. Um, our oldest son is 16 and we've asked him recently if, if he thinks about getting baptized and, he said he, he would like to, but he knows he's he's not tested yet. He he's had a, quite an easy life. He's homeschooled and he he wants to to face some tests first before he testifies in the waters of baptism. And we, we think that's good, but we're just praying that the Lord will confirm their faith. And we've had some little opportunities with neighborhood kids, inviting them over to our house for a um neighborhood Bible club. Um, everyone has big walls around their houses and electric fences and in Joburg, but there's a complex across the street and the second floor of that house looks into our yard. And so the little girls would come out on their balcony and, and watch our kids playing and shout over across the street, Jenna, Ruth. <laughs> and then my kids would go over and get let in the gate and ride bikes with them outside. And um, I got to share the gospel with their mom and then they were gone. So it was a short window of opportunity, but please pray for us as we try to reach our neighbors and our children. Um, I also run a homeschool co-op. That was a real answer to prayer since we've been here last. My boys were just getting, my oldest was just going to be starting high school and he was going to be the oldest in the co-op and there were only actually two families. And I really wanted him to have some interaction with other kids his age so that he could learn to give a defense for the hope that is in him, yet with gentleness and reverence and learn to listen to other people's opinions and thoughts and um, be able to defend his faith, but learn how to do it in a way that's not abrasive. (laughs) Um, So we prayed that the Lord would provide five families so that we could hire a teacher to teach this curriculum that we wanted to study. And um, the Lord provided exactly five families. (laughs) And the next year we needed 10 families because we wanted to divide up the junior high and the high school students into two groups and have two teachers. And the Lord provided 11 families. (laughs) And for next year, we've got 14 families, and on Thursdays we meet at my house, at our house, and we have over 50 people in the house. <laughs> and this year, our prayer request was we're running out of space. Um, so what do we do? And this wonderful new African family that joined our church recently—the husband is an engineer from the Congo, the wife's a uh, lawyer from Zambia. Um, she's given up her career teaching in a university, teaching law in a university to homeschool her kids. And this, this was a new thing. She didn't know how to do it or what to do. And so she asked me and she's joining our co-op and they decided to buy a house down the street from us in December. And our school year starts in January. So now our co-op can meet at both houses. (laughs) So it was a real provision from the Lord and it's wonderful to see how he provides for, our children, um, and for all of our family needs at just the right time in just the right way. Um, the baby home you saw in the video, we're also praying that the Lord would provide adoptive parents for the children there. Um, they have one little boy who they've had for a year and no adoptive parents yet. Um, and there's a huge huge need in South Africa, but we praise the Lord for bringing the Kirbys and for many babies that have been um, given homes through them and their own, they're adopting three of the the children in the home and their wonderful blessing and encouragement to our church family. So thanks. Any questions?
0: Citizenship.
2: citizenship. Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but I remember came and told us. And yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty amazing to see him get to shake hands with the um, commissioner of oaths and <laughs> get his citizenship, which he didn't earn. He just was born it, adopted into it. And um Kind of like us uh, being made citizens of heaven and adopted into God's family. He's a real blessing to us. Thank the Lord for him. Yes,
1: yes. Some yeah. questions? <laughs> okay.
0: Thank you so much. If you all want to talk to Michelle or Tim afterward, you know you can come up and talk to them. Okay, let's go ahead and pray for them. And I wanted to draw your attention to these little prayer cards they put on the tables. It just, I mean, it's all there, you know. You take it home and just pray for them. And, you know, it's exciting to see what the Lord's doing. Lord, we just thank you so much for Tim and Michelle and uh, their service to you. We thank you so much for the way you're blessing them, Lord, in South Africa and just even their kids, Lord. Um, just, you know, they're they're honoring you and I just pray that you would have your hand on the kids and continue to work in their hearts and um Just as Evan said, he's just not sure yet and that he's afraid he hasn't been tested. We pray, Lord, that you would um, confirm that in his heart and mind so that he would uh, just have a real desire to serve you with his life, Lord, we pray. And I just pray that for the other kids as well, for Titus and Jana and Ruthie and also Zeke. And we just pray that... um, they would continue to be a blessing to their parents and just even to continue to serve you over there in the ministry, Lord, as kids can do. And uh, Lord, we pray just that you have your hand on on the Cantrells as they're traveling here in the States and then also going back home to South Africa. It's kind of a violent country, one of the more violent places, and It's always amazing to hear the things that go on. And we just thank you for keeping them safe and watching over them. And we just pray to continue to do that. And we thank you so much for blessing them with this church, um, Antioch Bible Church. And we just pray that you would provide the money for the building. And we thank you so much, Lord, that you led some of those kids from Manash University to church. And we pray that you'd work in their hearts and minds and help them to grow up honoring and serving you and to be leaders in the church as well, Lord, we pray. And just pray that you would bless that. And, Lord, we pray also for the conferences and the seminars and all the different um things they're doing just to bring people in so that they might be trained and equipped to serve you. And we just pray that you would draw people in for these things. And, um, even people maybe who don't know you, but just become curious. And we just pray that these people might come to know you and that they might, um, come to a true understanding of your word and that they might be able to share with others. We pray that you would be glorified through that, um, I just pray also that you give Tim and the other men wisdom as they desire to start some seminary-type training there, and we just pray that you would bless that effort and that you would lead men that would uh, have a real desire to be trained, but also would be qualified and um, would just, you know, use their lives for you, Lord, so that the training would would be would be well worth it, we pray. We just pray that um, you would allow that if it would be your will. And we just pray for this other effort, the Antioch Academy, where they're going to be training just even the men in their church. Or maybe in their, their church and other churches as well. But Lord, we just pray that you would bless that effort and that that would go well. And we just pray also for Michelle as she's home and, um, with the kids. We just pray that you would give her peace and, um, just help her to have wisdom as she's homeschooling. And now as the homeschooling effort is growing, we just pray that you would bless that and help the kids just to grow, not only in, um, knowledge of, of, different subjects that we study in school, but in in wisdom and knowledge of you, pray. And Lord, we just pray that um, those kids might come to know you, Lord, and that that would be just very glorifying to you. And we pray also for the girls that Michelle's had an opportunity to to minister to there in our home and in the church just in discipling them. And we just pray that you would continue to work in their hearts and help them to be godly women and honoring you, Lord, we pray. We just thank you so much for your goodness and thank you just for the opportunity to have them here with us. And uh, just thank you for showing us what you're doing there in South Africa, Lord.